You're listening to oneofus.net. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Cooper had it in him to make two bangers of a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, Who knew? Oh, you mean directing wise? Well, I, oh yeah. I mean, I he's just, made, he's yeah. acted in plenty of great he's things. Done a he's, lot of bangers. He's Hangover three for three two this year. Hangover three. <laughs> War Dogs. <laughs> War Dogs. Uh, a oh, movie that on paper sounds like my favorite movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wedding Crashers. He's actually pretty funny in that. I keep yeah, forgetting yeah, he's, he's a funny. Wedding Crashers. He's, he he's is... one of the few funny things about that movie. Well, I mean, the, the movie can be kind of funny. But I like the, that movie a lot. He, he is front to back and now showing more of his talent that he ever has in, his, in, in the past of like, what else can he do? He is a, a he was a great comedic actor, great dramatic actor for like Silver Lining Silver Lining Playbook. He's a great guest star on Limitless, the series. Oh, yes. <laughs> He's a great guest star. Uh, he could be great supporting. And uh, great and, on alias. <laughs> and now uh, with like a star is born uh, directing uh, his first feature film debut. And then now with Maestro, uh, the the when that when we say biopic, I would say in a way not necessarily loosely, but it's not like uh, like you were talking about, Mike, uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Where it's, it's not, not like, like let's talk about how we made this one it song. It literally yeah. defies every expectation right. of a biopic that was, yeah. from oh, the God. absolute beginning. I mean, what it, it's, it's a biopic that completely manages to, like, skip every single pitfall that all biopics have. Right. Like, yeah. I find them so frustrating. And there's never mm-hmm. that moment where, like, you know, he's like frustrated by the piano and he's like West Side Stories. He's trying to write it. And then exactly. like, some inspiration exactly. comes and he's like, plays it. And nothing like that. He's, he's outside this. watching a gang fight each other. It's like, that would make a good musical. <laughs> we, we talked about this earlier uh, when we were watching the movie, but there's literally a scene that is the, probably the most biopic fucking scene of this movie where they're like, you should pick a different name. Maybe Burns, you know, it's not good right. for a Jewish person to have the name right. Bernstein. To be, and a, then to be a, a famous conductor. Carrie Mulligan turns over and says, well, what is he asking you to give up? And then it becomes this like expressionistic mood piece yeah. uh, on a theatrical stage. Right. Of, right. One of the dance. most things. That's when I was watching the movie. Where I was like, I did not know that old Coops had like this in him. Right. Like where he can get that like he's playing with like surreal and of the time it feels like a like Hollywood musical of that era. Yeah. And there's like a screwball comedy yes, like to the pitter patter of their dialogue and there's like it's not so much style and there's like energy yeah. in that first hour of the movie. I was like, how what the hell? It's also well, not a biopic defined by any of his successes and more like what he wished he had accomplished well, both not, in not his only, love life and in his that, and that's what art Maestro is ultimately about is uh Bradley Cooper's second film, uh, written, uh, co-written by him and directed by him and stars 
as Leonard Bernstein, the famous uh, conductor and composer, and uh, really the love story between him and Felicia Cohn uh, Bernstein, uh, his wife, and basically about how he was also leading this double life. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, you could probably talk about comparisons because he does talk about it at some points in the film where, uh, you know, is he a composer? Is he a conductor? And is he gay or is he straight? Is or he man or monster? Yeah, and... <laughs> And, uh, and it's in the eyes of the people at that point. Right. And because, uh, you know, he was uh, uh, becoming a big thing in back in the, uh, the the 50s and then, you know, all throughout the 60s and 70s, of course, with you know, West Side Story and tons of different things that he's done. But um, and how it becomes a strain on Carrie Mulligan, who plays his wife, Alicia, and uh, and the rest of his family and leading this kind of double life and her understanding of his um needs uh, of you know still being also a, a gay man but that's the thing we were talking about watching the film like jesus if he was just like right now he's like oh he's, he's bisexual it's no big deal he would have a relationship yeah, yeah. he would have like, a blast he'd be totally right fine now. and it's like goddamn right you know fucking everyone and then back in the 50s he like, would be all over back. instagram just <laughs> fucking everything that moved well what's interesting in the movie too is like of course like publicly it'd be a, that's like a whole different thing like uh-huh. you know but like in a privately like the movie focuses less on the fact at least in the interior relationship a lot of times it's brought up that it's not specifically that he's like a bisexual man or he has like right. these other needs it's just like he he, he's holding. He's, he's not giving his full attention to also. anyone yeah. at any point, right? And like, yeah, and that's like the real frustration with it. And like, it's portrayed that. I mean, it makes sense, obviously, like because it's established early on that in this relationship, she understands like this is the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, she, she even, thought she could just do. He's going like, to be emotionally got, withdrawn. He's right, not right, going yeah. to know exactly what he wants, and he's always going to be unsatisfied. Yeah. Well, she right. knew that she was going to be second to the music by default. Yeah, and, but she didn't know she'd be third fourth to like things that kept coming up in his anything life. that catches his whimsy at times yeah. or whatever like yeah it's well, interesting yeah. speaking of structure. catching my whimsy i have uh three gentlemen here with me uh who are going to talk about my show with me today and i have alan alan whimsy catcher Golinski, <laughs> <laughs> and i have a spider mike who's may or may not be a shark <laughs> and of course nathan who's definitely a jet hey look <laughs> I am expecting After a this, great we're gonna impression make of Bradley Cooper's Leonard Bernstein <laughs> uh, at I'm some point. You're tr- trying. Oh, my you best. are trying. <laughs> it's so nasally. It's really nasally. It's very nasally. Yeah. Well, that's why he had to get that prosthetic. You know, he yeah, needs, like, I need to, more it, nasal. It clinches the, yeah, the well, top of the Matt nose. Matt Damon wasn't using it after Ocean's <laughs> 13. So. So let's you got a lot of shit for that nose. And after watching the movie, yeah, it was I, unright. Uh, and like, I also it, think, it okay, let's, let's actually be nose we, corner. <laughs> nose talk. Uh, the ears are just as prominent as well. <laughs> so um, let's, let's talk about a couple of things before we actually talk about the, the story and the, the performances. Cause I think there's, we're going to be kind of all on the same page about what we thought about this film, but Let's talk about the uh, the the production side of this because the the production design and mainly the fucking editing in this film are absolutely incredible. The editor yeah. and the DP like are the fucking MVPs of this entire movie. Like uh-huh. everything is shot so gorgeously, and the transitioning that the editor did is so fucking flawless uh-huh. that I was just in awe 
for the entire time. So there was a moment. Um, we we paused it at one point. Uh, we have a screener. Fuck you, people, normies. Uh, yeah. I saw in the theater like a real a screener that was band. definitely Look. sent to the address of this, <laughs> right. of this place. Yeah. So we we paused it at one point, and it was like forty nine minutes in, and we were the three of us were shocked. We're just like, wait, I thought we just saw the whole goddamn movie or something like that. It just, there's so much that happened, but it it moves at a breakneck pace. Well, it moves so much with the music. Oh my God. Second, the music cues in, it becomes this haze of every mood Mm -hmm. that Leonard Bernstein had at any given moment. And just, will you'll be like, did five years just pass? I really realized, I realized more, uh, because I mentioned this after, I think in the second hour we were watching, which is that I understood the pacing more, which is that Mm -hmm. the reason the first hour moves so fast is because that's how it feels to him the whole time. Yeah. Like he's going, he's, he's, it's like from the second he's like, you're now a composer. His life is just fucking going and fast forward for a while. Until there's a certain point when it hits, I think it's like the 60s, I think, at that point, where it finally slows down. And not just because... when they have kids. No, well, it's, um, it's, after, it's even after that point, which mm-hmm. is the point where, it's, uh, where it cuts to him at the party. Uh, oh, when, yeah, it gets yeah. a little, when it gets, he gets a little too loosey-goosey. He gets a little too loosey-goosey, because at that point, he's, he's now finally, like, he's slowing down, and he's slowing down because he's now, cause he's now getting sloppy, as his wife is saying, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then you know, and then it gets it causes a lot of rifts from then on, and that because it focuses a lot of that time frame on those those two, because because the first chunk goes through like three decades within like like in the span of a fucking blink is what much it feels like. like his music. It moves with the mood. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is fucking a brilliant way to stage a biopic. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the movie itself, like the movie ends, it's like the third credit is like music by Leonard Bernstein, and it's like. What a like unique position to be in where you're making a biopic where like there's a breadth of like com- compositions and scores right, and stuff right. that you get like yeah. pull from to score the movie about your subject. Yeah, and, like really like it imbues me with so much energy that like it's almost like a meta textual thing where like it, I mean it obviously is a meta textual thing where like you're seeing him score stuff, do stuff, and the music you're hearing score the movie was conducted or by him or yeah. composed by him at one point. It's really cool. But like we said, as our somebody do this with John Williams, but, <laughs> right? I was just thinking the same thing. But like we said, with <coughs> with like what the bad version of this movie is, which I said right. earlier, yes. like you know a movie's great when you're like, God, could you imagine how easy the bad version of this would be? It doesn't use any of that music as like. And now I'm composing West Side Story, and now I'm like working on this. Or, or, oh, they, I... or they couldn't get the rights to his music. Oh so my god! It's yeah. just littered burn uh, burns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jackie Jomp Jomp. <laughs> east side, East Side West, East Side West. <laughs> east side west. So um, that place just opened up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great new uh, Thai great restaurant new, yeah, in Thai uh, Fusion. Uh, it's Thai, Thai Fusion tapas, actually. Uh, yes. Really good. It's really good. Uh, noodle at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think the the gosh, yeah, the the there. Well, not to the, mention even the. I mean, the DP also like the the way that it's shot. Like, yeah. there's the uh, when he gets the news that uh, how the movie even opens, and I'm not spoiling. I mean. It's like the Read first Wikipedia five minutes. For it's sake. literally the first five minutes. That he um he learns that he gets to guest conduct uh the Philharmonic Orchestra, I think, and um and I the the opening shot is just revelatory. It's so fucking cool. Uh, well, uh, in the black and white when he goes in the past, 
um, where he gets the news, he runs out into the theater, and it just has this crazy crane shot that goes into the, the orchestra, like the pit, yeah. and it goes right back at him, and then he's come back in, and he's like already ready to go, and he's like getting prepped and ready to go. I was like, this, he, he has been dreaming of this shot for years. It is so, it, it shows so well, and like he put so much care into this to make sure that he was getting his vision out there, and the DP and like the colorist of the editor just got exactly what he wanted. It was so fucking cool to see all those elements go together. With both this and A Star is Born, Every movie that Bradley Cooper has directed is like daring him to just take a cheap route, be uninteresting, and he'd probably still get nominated for Best Picture mm-hmm. and Best Director for it. And he's just one of the most like interesting and amazing directors currently working today. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that after two. I mean, from a personal standpoint, like I'm three well, direct three I'm more, movies. One, well, yeah, 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 and I'm a more medium. I think like the the first half of A Star Is Born is like one of the best halves of a movie in the past, like, five, six years. It's a movie I think that it convinces starts... you that Lady Gaga has never been on stage before. Yes, yes. <laughs> like... And, I, and that part is so interesting. And, like, I think the back half of it kind of gets a little weaker to me, but that's neither here nor there. I think the most impressive thing is that movie he has, like, a secret weapon. It's not even a secret weapon. He has, this, like, a weapon of Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Like, and you get, like, at the very least... And Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah, yes. But, like, I mean, Lady Gaga, at the very least, they have her singing on stage, right. doing a thing. That's in a movie... It's going to be good, right? It's like, holy shit, Lady Gaga is doing like a thing. And this movie, it's, I mean, he does have Carrie Mulligan as like in the acting prowess, but like, that's more of like, it's unexpected. You go into this movie expecting Bradley Cooper, oh, maestro, writer, director, star. Yeah, yeah. And a huge focus of this movie, like almost like, I think she actually has top billing in the credit. On IMDb, she is like, first is like, oh, wow. She is like. I mean, she is the heart of this movie. And at points, like, she's like, there's chunks of the movie where it's her and not him. She's really the only character you fully get to understand because most of your understanding about him is through her. Yeah. Right. Well, you mentioned it very well. I forgot who mentioned it specifically when we were watching, which is that he is a mystery the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. And you're with her unraveling it as it goes on. Yes. He's an enigma and a big part of his like unknowability is actually that fucking nose and the makeup they put him in where he, well, well there's that. Like, and he, uh, there's this great scene. Let's talk about the performance now because yes. like, man, <laughs> it like with, there's a lot of performances this year that are pretty incredible. And, now, Batista, Knock at the Cabin. Batista, uh, Knock at the Cabin. Uh, Tobin Bell, Saw X. Uh, Batista in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, <laughs> Batista in Boy in the Heron. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we, can, we can do that for a while, actually. Which is the <laughs> Batista, one of the best wrestling tour right. directors. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus Christ. Um, He's in this? Jesus Christ is in this. And, yeah, he's in the background. And Batista's yeah. in and, this. And, and her name is Carrie Mulligan. Because uh, yeah. both Carrie Mulligan and Bradley Cooper are absolutely incredible in this. Like, yes. their performances are so devastating and just... So, it, it All of it feels so real, the way that they're acting. It's crazy. So, as you guys were saying, like, the heart the soul of the movie, it definitely feels like... Uh, Carrie Mulligan's character Felicia and um, uh, how they're introduced it's so lovely and charming but you already know who he is with him uh, having relationship with a man uh, played by uh, Matt Bomer who 
we were stating in the, uh, the screening, like, how the fuck does he not have more films that he's in? Like, th- he deserves so... He's always he so He was in a good. Zoom call well, on like, Magic Mike's last day. Well, like, cause he, like, he, I think it's because he's too fucking handsome. Yeah, he is Matt Ballmer really is really handsome. He looks like... I mean, also, yes. it makes sense. Bradley Cooper or Linda Burstein, yeah, that, yeah, sure. Also, <laughs> yeah, this movie... Uh, we is, would fuck him, yeah. yeah. This movie isn't shy about the fact that it starts with the fact that he's clearly in a relationship with a lot of dudes because he's living in, like, a tiny apartment... With three guys, and when he gets the call, he's already out of breath. And I remember I was like, "Why is he out of breath?" And then, like, and then he opens the blind. You're like, "Oh, he just fucked some dude." (laughs) And now he's so excited, he's fucking drumming his ass. And weirdly, (laughs) in the scene after that, it it feels like the music is more like the sex to him. It's the Mm -hmm. moment where he reaches this euphoria and. He yeah. even says, like, I think I blacked out. Like, he's writing stage. the high. Yeah. He's writing the right, high of right. music. And the, and that's really why that first chunk plows so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, he's Pun just intended. having one gigantic musical orgasm from beginning to, <laughs> like, um, not the end, because it's not the end of the movie, but up until, like, that exact moment. Yeah. Well, anytime he, like, he, he's conducting, granted, it is very much like how the style of Leonard Bernstein, like, how he actually did it. Yeah. Uh, but it's very big. It's it's very big energetic. and like energetic because like I actually tried to conduct back in band and so like I know what he's trying to do and like trying to keep time and I've but I've never seen it uh, I I never saw any of my band teachers just like you know going for it but like I can understand like if you're it's you're a part of the orchestra and that is the main part to really make sure that everything is together and like if you're really passionate about it, you can see that passion through that. Well, the conductor. Through the sweat pouring through the clothes, yeah. I mean, I feel like almost every movie is kind of about its director to some extent. Well, hopefully their their mark, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie really is kind of quintessential Cooper for me because I've always seen him as <laughs> Damn, quintessential Cooper. I love it's it. the I mean, second movie. Guys, it's the second movie. Do we want to start another podcast it's... called quintessential Cooper? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll cover most of alias seasons one through three or we'll whatever. talk about when he lived with Will no, Arnett, but it's there. He's always been defined to me by his like early clips and in, inside the actor studio, like idolizing these big Titans and wanting to be one of them. Right. Right. And, there is so much of his career. A lot of his best performances are defined by, I want to be this guy, but I can't quite be this guy because I'm just not quite there. And this performance is definitely defined by that because I feel like he defines Bernstein by all of his things that he wishes he had done. I wish my relationship were better. I wish I had done this project. I wish I had a bigger resume. Yeah. It, it, all this. I, I see that for sure. Like, it seems like this is the the role that he, it was almost like he was meant to play, or at least that he has grown to play to where he's working out maybe things in his personal yeah. life or just like in his career itself. And, but and, also there's nobody else playing on Bradley Cooper's like playing field right now. There's not yeah. like, like Leonardo DiCaprio is not like directing a movie that we're just like, no, oh he, my God, he's so like, a, he's a real throwback, like a Warren Beatty. Yeah. Like he's he Warren like, Beatty no. 2.0 for okay. sure. Exactly. We were all saying it's like yeah. Dick Tracy too. <laughs> Dick Tracy <laughs> too. If, if there's, if there's hey, a person Beatty would pass the torch to, it might be Cooper. Oh, it might yeah, be yeah. Yeah. oh definitely. And we all have smiles on our face right now. Cause we're like, <laughs> I'd watch that. I, mean, I really I would, would watch the I would shit watch out of Bradley Cooper's yeah, Dick Bradley Tracy, Cooper. too. You kidding me? I would watch the hell out of it. And also, just the way that. this is filmed, I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. The, and, and Carrie Mulligan as like the, the, the <laughs> love interest. Donna Parks. 
<laughs> oh, my, oh no, Lady Gaga. Yeah, there you Lady go. You're gonna get Tremblay to play the kid. <laughs> Nathan, you need to write this right now. Yeah. When are we, when are we gonna get Bradley to... Cooper's Ishtar though? <laughs> what are we gonna? Who's who's the new Stephen Sondheim? I'd hate to say when. I, I want to see. I want to see Bradley Cooper's Bullworth. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, but. Of course, the the story leads to uh, the the 70s where their relationship is very strained. And, man, there are some incredible scenes between uh, Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan, one of which is on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, one of the all-time arguments on film. So good. One of the best scenes of the year by far. Uh, Top five. It's up there with, I mean. And it's one fucking shot. Yeah. It's and crazy. With the best the, part is the cherry on top at the end. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we won't spoil it. But yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. But it's it's it, but it, that scene is just fucking. It's it's so good. It's up there. I'm with, not going to stop thinking. Um, Anatomy of a Fall. Like, did y'all see that? Uh-uh. I still haven't seen it. It's well. There's there's. I mean, high on my list. Not to get to the no spoilers, but there is a scene. It's all about like what happened, what happened right, here. Right, yeah, right. And there's one scene where you get to kind of see a moment in the past where it's just an intense argument between a couple mm-hmm. and it was it's like riveting it's one of the most like riveting parts and it's just two people kind of like sternly talking to each other I mean that was the and most I'm, interesting thing about Ferrari to just talk about couples <laughs> arguments this year exactly it, it, like, that's that's, the that's theme what drives me fucking crazy and sometimes in movies where they don't have a conflict between characters and they don't they're not articulating it ever, or or even like the um, the passive aggressiveness because they're they're the argument that we're talking about is not they're not saying exactly what she is mad at him about basically being gay and like going behind her back all the time, but also just not being truthful with himself. It's not really being yeah. present, but yeah. even she like there's well, parts she, where she yeah, she has that line where she's like, "How can I love somebody who isn't even honest to themselves about what right. they love?" And exactly. Like, uh, yeah, and it's, but it's fr- it's 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 a sticky argument because part of it is like. The, the, they make it clear that he didn't like really lie about the situation. She knows the situation. He was there. Like she knows it. So it's just really just a frustration with well, their relationship. And as it, it's 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 complicated. Like real relationships and arguments are. Yes. Like she's yeah. pissed and she has reason to be pissed. But he didn't actually do anything untoward that he hasn't been doing that she's not aware of. Right. It's just like I'm fed up with the situation now. Well, yeah, there's and, there's and a it great makes, and it makes sense with his like his argument back. It's like what what did I do? Like yeah, what, what's yeah. wrong? Well, because like, he doesn't really understand. Because there's a lot of moments with her that she's even she's not I being tried. truthful with herself. I heard. <laughs> yeah, you did try. Like she's not. She's also not being truthful with herself because there's a scene before yeah. that point where it's obvious that she's upset about the fact that she doesn't really feel like. I I feel like this isn't really spoiling. I guess because that she doesn't feel like she is a part of the process, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is a good way of putting. We're just it. inside. At all with him, yeah. Because she times. used to be very much like yeah. part of the entire thing yeah. for most of their lives. I mean, they have an impressionist scene so, where it's like, "Let me in." So the and two of them, right? Yeah, yeah, and so the two of them, it's what makes everything so devastating, is because you're watching a beautiful love that starts and then fractures in ways because the two of them themselves aren't really being truthful to each other. Right. And then there's the, the heartbreaking thing about the fact that him not being truthful and her wanting to keep that from entering their family life. Yeah. Especially when, because Maya Hawk plays as the older version of his daughter. Yeah. Jamie and she has this sequence with with um, Bradley Cooper. That's after a great. He comes back. That's a good scene as well. Yeah. That fucking was just heartbreaking. Killed us. Just, yeah, they, I was they, devastated. There, there, there's something that Bradley Cooper does a few times in the film 
where he stays on a character and they're you could just watch them in silence and thinking and you can see like every part every, of their brain right every thought they're having at that exact moment it's it's incredible it's like it's not it's not too much and it's not too short i don't know how the fuck that he managed to do that and yeah. and, and the thing is like it's not like the the scene ends after like it just cuts in between like them thinking like it continues on it was like wow it i can't believe how much like race what's he has so devastating about this movie is it's yeah. just a very quiet tragedy it's yeah. all very real cuz that's the, that's that's the thing like we've all had that conversation with somebody about something uh, it doesn't matter what it is mm-hmm. or they say something that just cuts you and then you have that moment of just silence and you're just like you're thinking about what do i say now well, the the biggest thing that I think this movie does very well, just going back to like thinking about you know writing and technique, is that the dramatic irony that the characters have uh, when they're talking to other characters is incredible. Especially with that scene with Maya yeah. Hawk, because like everything that she's like, oh thank God, because I thought the rumors were true and all these things, and he's just like. Just sitting there, yeah. and, and we know as the audience, and he knows. I'm just like, God, that's and so the look on fucking his face. devastating. Yeah. The look on his face, the way he looks around, yeah, scratches it's, his head, kind of thing. And it's you're just gr- like you see every gear in his head moving, yeah, at that exact moment. There's a version of this performance where he's not as good of a player with other actors, mm-hmm. where it is just a full vanity piece, and he is so good with. He would hog on- if he was that. Like you're saying, the vanity thing, he yeah. would hog that scene. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't. No. Every every scene like that, every scene involving someone else, he never yeah. hogs it. Well, that's the real skill with him is just like not only an actor and a director or a movie star. Which I accidentally hogged create, your thing, I just realized. Creating, <laughs> it's all good. Creating this like persona is because he already is like, he knows he's like a writer and a director, yeah. and a producer, and the star. Are we this all person. just going to start sucking his dick? Well, right no. Who's like, <laughs> like, we're great. fucking him. That's the yeah. thing. Look, let's this her. is an audio well, fuck. This right is now. me not fucking him. Our like, final <laughs> thoughts here soon. He understands, like, he's like, this is already filled with hubris. He he is. Uh-huh. He, he is. Like, he's the playing, maestro. He's yeah. playing the maestro, this great genius, and he's writing and directing and producing and acting. Like, it's, it's in the text. Like, he yes. is definitely filling himself yeah. to try to pull this off at all. And... So, like, he has to know. That's why giving Carrie Mulligan top billing, and that's why, like, in certain scenes, like, giving actors real time to shine and playing things a little more subtly sometimes, but it's, it's a pretty big performance, to be, like, honest, but it's a pretty big character. Yeah. Like, striking that balance where you don't at some point, and I'm sure a lot of people will see this and be like, you know what, Bradley Cooper? Get over your fucking self. I get it. I'm sure that's going to happen with people. That's I think yeah. I think it's I think it's balanced and subtle enough where it really works. There, but in the movie, there are times where you start to feel that, but then you're also like thinking about the character he's playing and the right. type of person is like, and it makes sense. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a tightrope. Cause he's not watching it. I couldn't help thinking he's not quite like, well, he's not, he's not Daniel day. Like he wants to, I think he, part of him thinks he could really disappear. He can't quite do that. He can't. Daniel day no, Lewis. I, I don't know. I, I mean, still, he's not there yet. He, I still see Bradley Cooper there, but it kind of helps that I do see Bradley Cooper because he is the focal point. Like if every director's movie is about themselves, like sure. in some way, yeah, it kind of helps this sort of larger, not really than, life. E- larger than life character. If he is, um, if I could see the movie star behind yeah. all the makeup still, it kind of helps the performance in a way. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing happening with it. Well, that I'm, I'm going to bring up the, like one of my only negatives based on what we just said about like seeing Bradley Cooper in and then like it helping 
there's some actors that we looked at that we didn't feel like that. And there's one specific actor that I'm going to bring <laughs> up because I kept bringing her up every time she showed up. Sarah Silverman plays his sister. Mm-hmm. And I and I just couldn't get past her being Sarah Silverman. And to the point where her her um, performance is the same throughout the entire movie where other people grow into different like versions of themselves. Where every time it cut back to her, I was just like, you're still that same fucking character you were when you first appeared to the point where like I don't feel like you've even aged almost. Well, and it, w- it kept throwing me off, and it kept taking me out of the movie. I guess my one ding, if I have one, just to like kind of be on this, is that Maya Hawk, being Carrie Mulligan's daughter, for some I, every time I looked at, it, I'm like, so like older sister. Well, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan is a little older, uh, and Maya Hawk is only like what twenty something. She's like, I don't remember. I think she's she older than me. Well, no, she's not that. No, much she's older. probably she's younger. like twenty four. I think. And also, I mean. Carrie Mulligan's aged up and Bradley Hooper's aged up. Bradley, like, right, right. Bring it to you, Bradley Hooper isn't like a 68-year-old man. No, no. Yeah, no, he no. like, it's... But the, the makeup on him is makeup perfect. And the really makeup good. is incredible. One of the best one. fake beards I've ever seen. He I, turns I, into I, a turkey I, by the end of it and you're just like, ah, damn. Well, <laughs> speaking of turkeys, let's go to final thoughts. Uh, Nathan, how about you lead the way? Um, yeah, this kind of quietly blew me away. Yeah. I was not expecting for... I mean... I was expecting for this to be some level of good because I was yeah. pretty blown away by Star is Born. I remember getting out of that being like, fuck Bradley Cooper. How are you good at singing, acting, and directing? Like, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> and it just continues. He's great in this movie. Uh, this movie is pretty fucking outstanding. I think it's easily one of the best movies of the year. I think yeah. Bradley Cooper is one of those people to just look forward to any movie directed by him with his name on it. It could Uh be about a subject I'm not interested in. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a very, very strong 9 out of 10 Snoopy's Abandoned in the Vestibule. Uh, (laughs) Now that was that was pretty good. That was like Jeff Goldblum. I just (laughs) I just had to get uh, get right there. You know, you just gotta pinch the nose. It's a little bit. Actually, no, that's yeah. You're raining cocaine (laughs) from your nose onto me. That actually worked. Yeah, that actually worked. Yeah, that's all you gotta do is just just squeeze the nose. Killing me, killing me. Uh, (laughs) Mike, what are your final thoughts? And do it it in Leonard Bernstein. Squeeze the nose. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, we, uh, we will not be doing that. Yeah. We will not. I will, I will instead do it as Elmer Bernstein. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, uh, this is... Um, I Take this with a grain of salt because I haven't seen... I, I, I realize I haven't seen a lot of movies this year. Uh, this is my favorite movie of the year. Oh, awesome. Hands fucking down. That's great. Um, Bradley Cooper's fucking amazing in this movie. Every, every moment he was on the screen, I was captivated. Uh, same with Carrie Mulligan. Uh, same with... Um, Every time, uh, every time the editing blew my everything blew me away. Yeah, except for Sarah Silverman. I will keep saying that for the end of time. <laughs> I'm gonna rub my eyes. As much as I like, as fine. much as like Sarah Silverman, I just I, I couldn't get past her. Sure, sure. Um, that's literally my only. That is literally my only gripe with this entire fucking movie. Like the movie has so much to say, not about, not about the importance <laughs> of like you know like him as a as an icon or something. The importance of living your life is really what it comes down to whether it's the truth or whether it's the truth with others. Mm-hmm. And I, I 
would love to see this again. Um, I probably will watch this again whenever I, when I get a chance. Well, God, new, it's coming to Netflix in like ten days. So yeah, but I want to see. I want to see. I want to see it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Netflix sponsors oneofus.net. So. <laughs> also, I don't have Netflix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I highly recommend this movie. Bradley Cooper. Whatever you do from here on, no matter even with A Star Is Born and everything I've seen you in, I'm going to consistently keep an eye on your career forever you i i just think he's one of the greatest living celebrities we have right now he wow. right and like based on this because and even just based on stuff i know about him in his life like yeah. he is such an inspiration in the fact that he's getting past really really low self-esteem issues to make something this fucking glorious yeah like i can barely fucking cook <laughs> and this man like does everything and i'm just i'm in on i'm in in all of him at all times i will give this 9.5 out of 10 cigarettes that are smoked throughout this entire movie uh there was a lot more than that yeah. uh <laughs> well i actually if i if i base it on if i base it on the amount Nine out of 87. it would be it would be 199.5 out of 200 cigarettes that are probably smoked by just his character alone also is bradley cooper the last like movie star that wasn't a movie star in the 90s get the fuck out of here i'm just thinking about alan that. what are your final Anyways, thoughts that is an interesting topic we'll do, yeah. well, that is an interesting stay topic. tuned for a bonus pod yeah. on, on yeah. quintessential cooper yeah 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 <laughs> Coop. <laughs> oh my god shout out to fucking rocket raccoon directing one of the best movies of yeah. good year so dungeons and that's... dragons um Oh yeah! When is Dave Bautista going to direct his movie? You know what? Honestly, I'd watch I that. wouldn't be surprised if that's in his cards. It's announced to direct I Fantastic Four too. <laughs> I love Eternals um, Eight. <laughs> so yeah, I I also like really really enjoyed this movie, and I it was lucky enough to see it in the theater. Like, planned to come here, and through weird circumstances, it's like, oh damn, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then I thought it wasn't even playing in theaters because I didn't know that either. Notorious. Yeah, it's really it. Not to be a side tangent on my frustration with Netflix giving money to good directors to make cool shit and then being like, but I'm just going to put on this fucking TV. Yeah, I love to watch Fincher well, movies well, on my TV. I, yeah. I figured it was going to be in a theater because it has to be to be eligible. 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 Yeah. But typically that might mean like LA, New York for a week. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like a two week time. Oh, frame two week. Is, yeah. Is but the, I did see Dolomite is my name in a theater in Austin. Yes. It happens. It helps that we're in Austin. Yeah, that actually that is yeah. true. Austin is on the list. Yeah. But for most people you will be seeing on Netflix. My only advice is like, Turn the lights down. Try to focus up. Put the phone somewhere else. And yeah. Crank that volume. If you can watch this with headphones, do that. Yeah. I, I the me, the music is, is I mean, like I said, it's one of the strongest points of the movie. The movie being scored by the subject himself is like really interesting. And not like literally scored by him, but like someone using it that music. carries it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the time I'm very allergic to biopics. I really dislike them on a molecular level. I think they really frustrate me. And this is like, like I said before, this dodges every pitfall. Like it's so much more about an attempt at finding the interiority of him and his wife's lives and mm -hmm. less so than like their grand achievements. It's really about like getting at the root of a person and an attempt at least, which is valiant. It's cool. It's a big swing by like a pretty audacious filmmaker that I'm surprised is yeah. Hitting as hard as he's hitting. It's really impressive. I'm going to give it a solid like, 8.75 out of 10. Gonna give it a non-brave 9 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, not, not, it's not quite a 9. It, the, you know, the rating systems, I don't know what the fuck. It's going to be there. You're like, so tomorrow. brave, Alan. Yeah. 
<laughs> Ooh, I'm giving it a 69 out of 70. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, of Rocket Raccoons just operating a camera. You know. <laughs> I want to see that now, though. You yeah, could. Really you could do that. You could easily do that. I, I think um, I would echo everything you guys are saying. I think the um, the talent behind the camera and um, the, the production itself and the, the editing, absolutely flawless. Uh, the performances... I, I, I've heard some things about the film before we started watching it that there was some slight like negativity uh, around it that it just didn't like go anywhere. And I don't fucking understand what those arguments are. I don't know. Like, I thought that the, 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 the core of the film, the relationship between Carrie Mulligan and Bradley Cooper uh, was so strong and captivating and, and, and sad and devastating and, lovely in some ways uh to see their their love um that it 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 kept me going the entire time and i i don't i I, you know what it is what it's just bullshit it's like it's the fucking nose i swear to god no no no. great (laughs) that like that came it was a blip really what it is it's like this idea and storytelling in general that you must have a conflict to overcome in a movie for a story and this movie has conflicts in it it has tension but there's not like a central conflict that this character must overcome to become a better man or for this the yeah, relationship yeah, to work. Yeah. It's just like an honest look at people's lives. Yeah. And I think people see that and be like, well, what's like, what's the See, story? I had a different conclusion. I think and when people say it has nowhere to go, those people are heartless because it didn't reach that far. <laughs> and it didn't know where to go, so it just excised out their fucking ass. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the issue with a lot of moviegoers nowadays. Is a lot of moviegoers, for some reason, expect things to be hand-fed to them. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I bring this up. We I, I watched Haunted Mansion a while back, and after it got out, one guy was like, why did it even have a raincoat? I'm like, why do, why do you need that to be explained to you? Like, it, let, If you're struggling like, with Haunted Mansion, yeah. this one might not be for like, you. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's wearing it clearly because he's a fucking weirdo. Like, That's the point of the thing. Right. He doesn't need to explain that. Is I Bradley Cooper going to be in the Kane dynasty? Okay, okay. He's new king. Um, <laughs> Maestro, I need you to, to <laughs> I need your help to defeat oh, Kang. What about him, Dr. Doom? Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, you Don't just wish got hard that on, on his career. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I want him to just be the maestro, the Hulk maestro. Right, but he still right. does all the things he does as maestro in this movie. <laughs> so the the performances, I think, that are just the, the the two biggest things to take away from this is that, um, man, Carrie Mulligan, uh, I mean, seeing her time and time and again in anything she does, she's always incredible and captivating. And her in this is just so quietly devastating when she's not. And then when she's not, she's fucking awesome, especially in a very great argument scene. And Bradley Cooper, as we've all said, is just this insane auteur that is just like, I can't believe that again, you're this again, talented. Two movies, let's not get out of control. I was good, actually. Very good so far. The huh. thing I forgot to mention about how great he is is the fact that he, he changes his voice to age it up. And, yeah. And I believed it the whole way through. Yeah, I, I did too. Um, really impacted Nathan. He's been trying to know. That yes, he's been trying to know. <laughs> I keep thinking this about it. This is new Halloween I keep next year. <laughs> Everyone's been like, what are you doing? Um, Did Dick Smith do this? <laughs> are you doing a really bad Christopher Walken? Uh, uh, you're Guy Pearson, Prometheus. I got it. <laughs> so um, I, I genuinely love this movie. This is definitely one of my, like, probably my top 10. Um, and uh, everyone should go see it. I, if, you, if you have the chance to go see this in the theater for the two weeks or whatever the hell this is playing, uh, go do it. Because, yeah, like as Alan said, the, the music is incredible, I'm assuming. Uh, but on my 5.1 Dolby Digital, it was yeah, not that bad. Well, I'm sure. Good. But yeah. um, 
I'm going to give this uh, nine and a half out of ten times that Mike complained about Sarah Silverman in this movie. <laughs> I uh, did quite a bit when we watched it. <laughs> Every time she popped up, I was like, there she fucking is again. <laughs> I think it was nine and a half times. You were nine literally like Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems where you're like, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like Brody Amalras. That kid is that a fucking escalator, man. <laughs> 